Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to talk to Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. Get your daily assist going. Brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Uh, you can also give him a call, 801-747-LEES. And, uh, Sam, we, we talked about his um, his piece in The Athletic. What was it, Monday, Gordon, where Sam uh, talked to Michelle Roberts and Sam really went into depth on what has to happen for the league to get back next year. Yeah, yeah, and I uh, I, I heard some of those questions. That was, yeah, it sounded interesting to me. Well, yeah, because there's so much that, that really has to happen. It can be either really, really – well, it's going to be really, really complicated, but how easy do the players and the owners make it on each other, yeah, so to speak? Exactly. And we, we made a joke. You know, I wouldn't want to be in the accounting department. Um, you know this, Gordon, uh, but uh, the the audit that goes into auditing the basketball-related in, uh, revenue income, it it's a serious thing. And if they've got to move that into a truncated form, I mean, that's going to be – I mean, I know nobody feels bad for the bean counters, but that's not going to be easy. No, it's not. And uh, it's – it's problematic all the way around, and obviously everyone—well, everyone that has anything to do with the league has 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 their focus directly on that number. All right. In fact, Sam's ready to roll. Let's get to it. it's time for your daily assist. Hit it, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick, on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprinter are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. From The Athletic, he's our good friend, Sam Amick. Sam, what is going on? Guys, good evening, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Good to be with you, Sam. Uh, Want to congratulate you on your interview and your your piece with Michelle Roberts. I thought it was it was great, and you dove deeply into all these issues that have been uh, kind of bouncing around my mind for a little bit. But uh, things that have to happen uh, with the NBA and the players and all that stuff, and and we want to get into get into it deeply with you here in a moment. But I'm curious, what's she like? She seems. You know, she seems really smart. Well, I guess let me let, let me start there. She seems like a really sharp, sharp lady. What were your impressions, or what are your impressions of her? No, I like Michelle a lot. It, it, I enjoyed the heck out of that conversation from the standpoint of I didn't really know her that well before. Had a handful of interactions, um, and to be honest, you know, like with any job, and even though she's somebody who had been incredibly successful as a trial lawyer in Washington and, and had a level of success, you know, before taking the union job. Um, when she first came into the NBA, you could sense like kind of that, that rookie vibe in terms of she had no NBA relationships. Um, she was a fresh face and a new name. And I was actually there the night she got elected in Vegas during summer league. And it was historic from the standpoint of being, 
the first female to lead a, a North American sports league labor game. And, um, you know, and over time, she grew into the role. And, and now, you know, it's like I wrote, like we talked about on the podcast, you know, she's on the edge of retirement. And this, for me anyway, was the most at ease that I've uh, kind of heard her, the most kind of very relatable. I've had a few people respond to the interview and use that word and just talk about, I mean, even some of the colorful language she used just was like we were two people sitting at the bar talking about life, talking about the NBA. And, and so um, I think she's done a good job. And I do give her a lot of credit because, you know, this is not, I know people think that this is all the life of luxury in the bubble. Yes, there's nice hotels. Yes, you might hear the sound of pickleball in the background right now, which is not a joke. That's real. But, like, people are away from their lives, and Michelle chose to be here for two months. Uh, more than that, actually, going back to July 14th. You know, you're talking almost three months. So she wanted to be here for the players to get to know them and make sure that, that you know, that message was sent, that she was behind them. And I think that's uh, worth, you know, worthwhile and, and worthy of the cause. So, Sam, do you get a sense from her – uh, moving forward into some of the sticky issues that are, are going to be the league is facing moving forward uh, as far as revenue and that sort of thing goes. Do you get the sense that she's a reasonable person who wants to find a solution as opposed to a revolutionary who's looking for a fight? Yeah, I do, Gordon. And But that's part of where she's evolved is that her relationship with Adam Silver um, is so good now, and she trusts him so much more than she did in the beginning. Like she talked about that for them, the two of them, it was good that in the beginning they had a clean slate. They had no prior history, no baggage to have to work through. Um, and that's all well and good, but you still didn't know each other. And now it's six years of trust. Like she said uh, a couple of times, you know, to her knowledge, he's never lied to her. That matters a lot. And so now you go into it, and she's going into it, with a partnership mentality rather than a confrontational mentality. And in the beginning, that wasn't really the case. The players had just kind of had their, their backsides handed to them, so to speak, in negotiations. They'd gone from 57% share of basketball-related income down to 49 and and they didn't like the fact that they were losing ground on that front. They were unhappy with Billy Hunter, the prior union executive director, and there was you know a lot of untoward stuff that happened during that era. And so Michelle, you could tell, felt obligated to come out kind of with guns blazing and, and, and take Adam Silver head on. And, and it wasn't going, you know, it was more that revolutionary type of approach that you mentioned. But that's changed. You know, and now there's a real recognition that, you know, this is a, a very unique time with the pandemic. You know, like I wrote, taking about a, a billion and a half dollars off their plate, all told. And if the revenue's down, they got to figure out how to split it up. And, and what the model should be for next year so that it's fair. I think the one sticking point that might slow them down is that she framed the negotiations that are going to happen in the next few weeks and, and are already happening in an interesting way where she mentions that this league is going to rebound and, and kind of alluded to the idea that, you know, don't try to take um, too much money away from the players, you know, right now because they do have, they are somewhat optimistic that it's going to rebound going forward. So, they're going to haggle a bit. It's never easy in these types of negotiations, but I'd be shocked if they don't get something done, you know, in relatively short order. 
you know, to the, to this point, um, Sam and Gordon, to to your question there, this this uh, comment from her really stood out to me, Sam, uh, when she said, "No one is suggesting that either the players alone or the owners alone should sustain the losses. The nub of the conversation will be managing the losses such that it makes sense for both the owners and the players, and recognizing and not ignoring the incredible sacrifices the players have made and will have to make in this environment to keep our sport going. You know, easy peasy, as she says, but that." really stands out to me because that's not the the stance the players in major league baseball for example are taking that seems like a really pragmatic approach for sure for sure and, and they do seem willing to discuss the nba players do everything on the table now listen the bubble thing is going to be it's going to be tricky because um by and large players have kind of unofficially decided no more bubbles but the virus is still raging all across the country i mean i my jaw hit the floor this morning watching CNN when, you know, one of the experts had uh, kind of a doomsday scenario of, of American lives lost doubling by next year, which is terrifying. And so within that, they, they, they have to continue considering extreme options. Now, I don't think there's any chance that there's going to be another 12-week bubble uh, of any kind. Uh, they're talking about possibly having to do like a four-week regional bubble where teams within the same division uh, cut down travel and play one another and then break the schedule up that way. And, you know, there's just a lot of options on the table. But they know on the flip side of that, players, executives, league officials, everybody, that there's a real danger zone here. And if, uh, hypothetically speaking, if they couldn't execute something next year that salvaged revenue in the same way that this bubble has for this season, then you, you're talking major trouble. You're talking layoffs across the league. Uh, salary cap taking a dive and, and sure the, the last people hit are going to be the players and even the coaches and the executives who are all pretty wealthy people but it's real and um, and that danger is, is you know very much something they got to address Sam any timetable as far as what this next season will look like uh, timing wise I mean the draft is what around Thanksgiving time when do you think this is going to start and when do you think it'll end I mean, right now, you know, in terms of the season itself, you know, I would, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of targeting that uh, Martin Luther King Jr. January 8th, I'm sorry, 18th uh, date, you know, and that's, but it's everything fluid. You know, that's what they're hoping for. Uh, I think, and it's funny, we kind of double teamed Michelle at the Athletic and it was unintentional, but it worked out well where I spoke with her and then our Sean Sarania also did a separate interview with her. And, and I think she told Shams that December 1st, was the uh, the possible free agency date, and so um, selfishly, I, I was happy to hear that because that means all right, let me get home for a few days in October when this whole thing comes to an end and have a little bit of time off before we're, we're tackling free agency. But if you did January, you know, through September, something like that, you know, maybe that's the plan. Uh, I do think they're learning some things the hard way right now. I mean, the finals ratings are down, and there's just a bunch of reasons, you know what I mean? And um, But but it seems pretty clear right now that October is not really working out so well for the NBA audience and really September, late September either. So that stuff worries them. Um, so, you know, it's, but again, everything they talk about, it, I can't imagine. I mean, they just have, it's not even just plans in terms of discussions. It's reams and reams of binders and folders and proposals and scenarios and PowerPoint presentations that, that at the end of the day, 99% of them 
you can just hit the lead on and, and keep moving forward because they aren't relevant. They don't come into play because the virus doesn't cooperate. The circumstances don't cooperate. You know, but this is what they're doing right now. They're trying to, to game out for every possible scenario. I would uh, recommend uh, anybody check out Sam's interview with uh, Michelle Roberts at uh, The Athletic, and I'm sure this will come up uh, throughout the, the, the process and at later on dates, Sam. I, th- I thought it was really great, so I would recommend that to anybody. But switching to the game last night, I really felt for the heat a little bit because if Contavious Caldwell-Pope, of all people, is going to go out and hit big shots, what are you going to do? You know, somebody you got to leave somebody open to defend AD and LeBron, and, and he made them. He did. He did. And, you know, and he's a guy who has received some criticism in the past where, you know, he's uh, shared agencies and agents with LeBron and Anthony Davis, the club sports agency that, that Rich Paul created. And so the narrative was that Contavious uh, was only there as kind of a, uh, a an obligation of sorts that the Lakers had to have him on board to make Rich Paul happy, to make LeBron happy, whatever it might be. The guy goes out and gives you 15 points and five assists in a game five or a game four rather uh, of the finals. It's huge. I mean, my favorite shot, to be honest, late is uh, I'm drawing a blank on who he who he kind of got, but man, that that right side runner at the rim, his spring and kind of the quickness that he used to get, you know, it kind of surprises defender and get up there and have a, a really big bucket late in the game. Was huge. Uh, so you know he pays off. And that's the thing. We're going to focus on LeBron and AD, and with good reason. But the Lakers, others, so to speak, had been huge. You know, whether it's an Alex Caruso one night, even Danny Green with his defense. Um, you know, Kyle Kuzma. I, I give Kuzma credit because he's had a few moments, but he also appears to have really come to grips with the fact that while it seemed for a, for a while early in the season that he was supposed to be their third star. That just has not come to fruition, and now the way they're built is LeBron and AD, and and, and then the offense is just whoever's open, and you, you know they need strong play from those other guys, and they've gotten it, and they've gotten it more than the Heat has. You know the Heat have had struggles with Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero's been up and down, uh, Kelly Olynyk's been really good, not as great the last game, but you know Kendrick Nunn comes and goes, so um, we, it's such a star-driven league. But these role players on both sides have been major factors. Apparently, Sam, uh, Anthony Davis can at least partially slow down Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he sure did. I mean, I give Frank Vogel credit, first of all, the Lakers coach who makes that call. And, uh, and, and you know, he talked about this a little bit last night, how it was a calculated decision because AD got in foul trouble the game before. So conceivably it's – playing with fire to put AB on Jimmy in this last game because you don't want the same thing to happen all over again. So Jimmy hits his first five shots in the first quarter, not really working all that well. And it wasn't just AB, it was LeBron and Marquise Morris. But then uh, over the course of the game, it, it worked. You know, the length, AB's athleticism, his ability to, to keep up with Jimmy. And the thing about Jimmy, as great as he is, I think it, it almost kind of like – exploited Jimmy's one of his weaknesses, which is that he almost overpasses at different times. And Andre Iguodala does the same thing. I mean, he'll be at the rim, you know, looking like he's got a layup, but I think AD's length was in his head a little bit. And next thing you know, he's passing it out to the perimeter, even though AD had switched on to someone else. And you saw that quite a bit. And that, to me, 
is you know that's a sign of a guy who is looking over his shoulder, and that's the uh, the impact of AD defensively. How much bubble fatigue is there now between? Uh, I mean, media included, but uh, players and staff. I mean, you guys have been there a long time. Yeah, it's it's real. I think the weird thing now is like the uncertainty about the schedule. Like it's you know. Tonight, to be honest, is a good night because there's nothing to do. I mean, you know, you're getting work done, but uh, I get to paint the picture for you, I mean, it, it's such a surreal environment. I mean, as you sit here talking, you know, there's a over by the media room. I don't even know what's happening. There's some sort of party getting set up that we were joking about how it, it's in our media space, so I don't even know if we're invited or not. So if we're not, I'm just going to crash it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you, you got the pickleball game is pretty robust right now. Um, you know, Steve Smith from NBA TV is over there. The officials came to Gerald Scott Foster. Um, there's a communal aspect to it that's been really fun. But then, because we're so close to the finish line, and this applies to the players and the team employees, two coaches and executives, like, you're, start, you're certainly feeling the pull of your personal life. Like, we have to plan. Like, I booked a flight today. Like, no offense to the heat, but I got a, a flight booked for after game five, and I can change it if I have to, but you got to do that. Then, you got to think about clearing out your room quickly the morning after, because you got to get out of here quick if, you know, if we are, in fact, leaving on Saturday. So, the logistics are now coming into play, so, like, reconciling all of that with just another day in the bubble makes it all feel a little bit kind of hurried at the finish line. But, um, you know, everybody's ready to go home. I mean, there's been highlights and positives with the bubble for sure. But, you know, I think absolutely folks are ready to go. So, Sam, you're, you being the writer that you are, you get on that plane and you start thinking about writing about what your experience was at the bubble, in the bubble. What, uh, what, what are the primary, what is the primary thought that comes to mind, assuming the Lakers go ahead and win? Well, I mean, certainly we'll be covering, let's say, the Lakers win. You know, we'll be trying to chronicle how they got there, how they got it done, all that stuff. But beyond that, um, in terms of just the bubble experience, honestly, and this is, you know, not the most fun topic to get into, but it's this hit me today where it's like, it, it is, it is, it's wild to be on the inside of something that, medically speaking, has worked. And where, you know, I'm watching the news today, and the White House is essentially on fire when it comes to the virus. Um, and, you know, it, it's weird because we, especially in sports media, we get accused all the time of, like, like the athletes. Like, they stick to sports. We don't want to hear your political opinions or your worldview opinions. But this is one where we kind of joke, like, well, wait a minute. Like, we've actually seen from the inside how certain measures work, how, and, and listen, the resources here are not comparable whatsoever in the real world, in the real world, you cannot get your hands on a test every single day. You can't control the people like you can't in here in terms of the rule. But you absolutely can apply this model to the White House. And I do believe that if they would have, this would not have happened. And that is, I don't know what the word is. I've already said surreal like before, but like that's kind of wild to wrap your head around. That I, I you know, I, I, there's like, you, you have you know, the authority from personal experience to say, you know, get mad at that opinion all you want, but it's not that complicated. If you have the resources and you apply them in the right ways, we can get through this time and you can, you know, avoid 
of you know spread and infection. So I, I applaud the NBA not to give them the victory lap when this thing's not over yet. Uh, that's what they keep saying too. I mean, Adam Silver won't grant any like you know long sit down interviews because he's afraid of jinxing it. They're nervous, um, and you can even tell that as a quick side story, guys. You know, we now get these text messages on our phones from the league. I don't even know who's sending them. That are they're making us laugh because they're really basic. Like, hey, remember washing your hands? You know, keeps the virus away. And, and it's really it's kind of useless and silly. And but it's a sign that they are going the extra mile to uh, to try to make sure this thing gets over the finish line. If that makes sense. So. Uh, that's probably my, my biggest takeaway is that it, it's been very odd to be in this place that that is safe, in this place where people can socialize from distance and live your lives when you know what's happening on the outside. And obviously we're all going to be back in it here pretty soon. Well, Sam, I, I got to say thank you to the good folks at The Athletic and thank you to you for um, for getting down there and covering this. I think it's been really valuable for our listeners to experience it a little bit vicariously uh, through you and your reporting, of course, at The Athletic and, and joining us weekly. You've done a really great job in a, in a, a once-in-a-lifetime truly experience. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Be good. Thank you, Sam. That's our friend Sam Amick. Read his stuff online at uh, at the athletic and i remember talking to sam before he went down there and i told him i, I said hey man I'm a, I'm I'm a little bit jealous like that's a that's a big sacrifice being away from his family i i would guess he's a little fatigued from the bubble but imagine being right there in the middle of all that gordon i'm sure it is surreal i i, I better be really cool from a story a storytelling standpoint yeah and uh, all the above and when you think about the guys who are there and have been there for so long there probably is some uh, a little bit of a in the club kind of feeling to uh, to it that they're all they're all you know working their way through it and I bet Sam has uh, gotten to know some of the folks from all different walks of the NBA uh, through this experience. I also know Sam well enough that he's going to be feel pretty good when he can walk through his the front door of his house. Oh yeah, I bet. You think Sam's going to leave 8K for his uh, for his uh, room attendant? <laughs> we should have asked. We should have asked. Dang it. Missed opportunity yeah. there. Mm. Dang it. All right. Uh, let's jump out to the zone phone. Joining us now, our friend from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He is Andrew Reinhardt with us here on the uh, Zone Radio Network. And, Andrew, uh, throughout 2020, we've all gotten a little closer in a way, but I'm sure there are a lot of uh, guys out there that are dealing with uh, ED, and this situation has made it even more um Awkward. Maybe that's a good word for it. Yes. If you're spending more time with your loved one, your significant other, uh, erectile dysfunction has maybe gotten a little worse or it's maybe been more annoying. And I've seen that over the last few months where guys realize they have a bigger problem than they thought. The pills have maybe stopped working uh, or they're having to take more and more of it and then deal with the side effects the next day. And I don't know anybody that wants to take a pill. I don't know anybody that wants to have to pre-plan those intimate moments and guess when that might happen. Uh, There's no spontaneity at all under that situation. And that is where our treatments come in at Wasatch Medical. It's acoustic wave therapy, FDA registered, Cambridge studied. uh, And by the way, in the study with Cambridge, they said 95% success rate, which in the medical world is almost unheard of, uh, along with many others showing we can regrow blood vessels. Uh, we can rejuvenate things. We can get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. And it's just a few short treatments, about 10 minutes a piece, 
over two to three weeks and it restores the normal function, you do not have to be uh, reliant on that pill any longer. Hmm. Interesting. And you mentioned those studies, Andrew. Um, I'm sure it's it's very convenient for you guys with kind of a, a more recent treatment to be able to point to this great science and say, I promise it works. Yeah, absolutely. That And that's on top of just us seeing every day guys come in and say, hey, I went through these treatments. This is incredible. Uh, you know, I'm off the pill. I wish I would have done it sooner. Um, Journal of Sexual Medicine released a study, and they tested 600 men that their ED was so bad that the pill had stopped working completely, and the success rate was about 87%. So we ju- we know it works. We know the technology that we're using is the most advanced form. It's the kind that Cambridge studied, and there really is now a better solution for ED. 801-901-8000 is the number to call. 801-901-8000. Get on that calendar. Get in there because, Andrew, you're giving our listeners a lot for free today. We are. And this really helps with guys that are a little hesitant or embarrassed. And we know the problem gets worse. So we do as much to help help out on that as we can. Call us now. We'll do the assessment with the doctor for free, the screening. We'll throw in a little special gift, whether you do the treatments or not, that produces instant results in the bedroom. And we're also doing now for new patients, free testosterone, which I believe helps with a little drive and energy. The acoustic wave helps with the erectile dysfunction. So we've got every angle covered. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank you. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for being a part of our day, letting us be a part of your day. That's what I went for. But being a part of our day, you're here too. <laughs> oh, man, we've got the Not Sports Board coming up at 4.50. Thanks to Sam Amick for jumping on with us uh, earlier in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, and David Locke is going to join us at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. I think we found what we're looking for for, for uh, Drop of the Day, by the way. <laughs> Sounds Unbelievable. Amazing. It's pretty funny, right? Oh, from the first second of the video <laughs> on, it's perfect. <laughs> it really is hilarious. <laughs> I tell you. You encounter some hardships when you're an a on-location reporter. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> pretty good. Uh Gordon. Uh, real quick, uh, a quick basketball story uh, that I I discovered today, and I'm uh, I'm curious to your reaction because we've kind of been talking about whether uh, Jimmy Butler uh, got a bad rap or not. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, whether he was really that locker room cancer that everybody said, and now he's uh, he's uh, the leader on this Heat team. Uh, well, uh, Brian Windhorst of ESPN uh, reported this story with uh, Tyler Hero. Uh, and his uh, his dad said this. Uh, you ready for this? He said, quote, as a parent, you hear stories about Jimmy and you just want to make sure he's OK. Speaking of Tyler, his son, 
He snapped back at me, Dad, you got to stop texting me. Jimmy is a good dude, unquote. So here's a dad, a concerned father, saying, are you okay, son, (laughs) rookie son, Tyler? Are you okay? You are a young person. I hear bad things about this Jimmy Butler character to the point where Tyler Hero had to say, I don't know what you're talking about, Dad. He's a good guy, I swear. Interesting. Did Tyler out his dad on that? No, I think uh, I think uh, Windhorse talked to Tyler's dad. Okay. Well, um, it's good that uh, just a little paternal protection. You know, is it all right? You doing all right? Oh, I think Everybody it's good. You? No, I think it's just funny like that the cousins, uh, you know, stealing your uh, per diem. <laughs> yeah, but Jimmy Butler was never Boogie Cousins, I guess, I know, what I, I what know. I find funny about all this. Right. You know, a few prima donna teammates don't like him, and all of a sudden we think he's he's the <laughs> worst teammate alive. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> not, even the, not even the player's dad knew for sure. So. Right. But how about that? This player's dad, like, oh, my gosh, I'm concerned for the safety <laughs> of my son. Has he given you a swirly yet? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, jeez. Watch out for the atomic wedgie. I mean, this guy's reputation was bad enough that a a father of a teammate was concerned. And yet he's leading his team to the NBA Finals and all his teammates love him. I just think it's more of a comment on where he was. And sometimes the narrative gets it wrong. That, That reminds me of a story that Steve Young used to tell about when he was playing junior football. He got he got hit pretty hard by someone and uh all of a sudden he sees his mom bolting out onto the field to scold the other kid who just hit her son you know sometimes parents need to give some protection you know and did did your mom or dad ever embarrass you Jake by being overly protective um no not overly protective no not really well, uh, sometimes parents are that way. I would. I, I have a story about my dad being under concerned. <laughs> he didn't care one iota. When I what happened? Split my head open on the soffit running downstairs when I was Ow. a teenager. And uh, haven't I told you this story? Actually, I had to be what, like nineteen? I guess I don't know. You were nineteen years old. Yeah, I was running down the stairs uh, at my parents' house because uh, I was getting ready for a, an event that night. And uh, I very uh, big. No, it was like a uh, like a fraternity formal thing. Oh, okay. And uh, I, I took a little too much off the bottom step and just totally decleated myself on the soffit, Ooh, and uh, it, it really opened up the the skin. It required several staples, and uh, yeah, he just kind of laughed at me. <laughs> That's nice. That's it was nice. it was okay. It was funny. You know, I think he said something along the lines of, I bet you won't do that again. <laughs> How many stitches? Oh, I got like nine staples. The the I went to the emergency room and the doctor was like, uh, do you want to get stitches or staples? I said, which is faster? He said, staples. And I said, I'll take that. Because you well, wanted to make it to the Yeah, because I had to get out of there. Right. How? What's the difference between staples and stitches as far as how many staples? Nine? Yeah, nine so, staples. So how many stitches would that have been? Probably similar. Staples sounds a little more aggressive. I'll tell you what, it's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, they have a little staple gun and they put it up against your head and go click, 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 click. I mean, it it really is exactly so what you think you it would say be. We could do this at home. Yeah, yeah. I would hope no. it's a, it's like a medical well, they grade real staples, staple. Were they? 
Like over they made, no, over they're they metal made. real staples. One hundred percent. Yes, they're staples. So they're, save yourself the copay. I mean, I wouldn't do that to myself. No. Uh, funny part of the story, though. Uh, get this. So I I go back to get the staples removed, right? Weeks later or whatever. And uh, the doctor uh, goes, hey, can I, uh, this is a student. Can this student uh, watch me pull these staples out of your head? I'm like, I don't care. Uh, student? Yeah, fine. Uh, stand over there. And then the doctor looks at my head and he goes, boy, those are really close together. <laughs> I've never seen them that close together. I said, oh, good. You never oh, want to hear wonderful. a doctor say, yeah, I've never, never seen, seen this before. Right. And so how they <laughs> hey, pull. Hey, Johnson, get in here. How, how they pull the staples out is, is like they have this thing that looks like a like an old can opener, like or the old, like when you'd open an old can of PBR. You know uh-huh. what I'm talking about? Like those two. Like it looks like that. And they literally are just popping them out of oh, there. Oh, well, you open mason jars with. Yeah. And they're, they're just popping them out of my head. Oh. And uh, the doctor pops the first couple out, and it doesn't hurt per se, but I wouldn't say it's comfortable. And then looks over at the student and is like, here you go. Why don't you give it a go? <laughs> I was like, wait, what? And next thing I know, I, the, the student is just manhandling me, ripping these staples out of my head. It was horrible. Just hold still. I mean, obviously, you've never done anything <laughs> he like put, it. Did he, did he put his foot up on against your face? No, no. But uh, that student, uh, she, by the way, had she. some uh, bedside Tracy. manner. Uh, bedside manner to work on. It wasn't. Did, uh, it wasn't terrific. Did it bleed when they pulled the staples out? No, no, it was fine. Because it's the skin is healed by the yeah, time they take the staples right. out. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I've seen it. But anyway, uh, do you? Uh, do you? Did I mean? Uh, were you glad in the in the aftermath that uh, that that was the choice you made? Uh, you know what? Ask me that when I start to lose my hair, because the down part of the staples was it leaves a bigger scar the 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 stitches lead a leave a cleaner scar so no, what, I, when I, my I, hairline I, recedes to that level we'll see okay. how it goes okay so here's my question the stitches really wouldn't have taken that long how would you know because i've, I've gotten stitches before have you gotten staples so if he had nine staples that's what at least twice that many staple uh, uh stitches if not three times I, as many i really not, don't not know if they were that close together all i know is the guy Clicked my head nine times and got me out of there. I mean, it took like two seconds. But know, by the but way, was... you're disagreeing with the doctor who I asked that very question to? No, I'm not saying that. It, he said that that was quicker. Yes. But it doesn't mean necessarily that it's better. Why? Oh, Jake didn't say what's better. He said, I said what's quicker. quicker. Yeah. yeah. And he said, well, the staples are a lot quicker, but they, they may leave a bigger scar. I said, I don't care. They may kill Sta- you. I said, staple me up. <laughs> well, I'm not... <laughs> I just don't think it would have taken that long. Get the swing line. I got a formal to get to. Well, where the heck were you, Gordon? So I could ask the doctor his medical opinion, and then I could look over and say, hey, Gordon. What do you think? You host a radio show and write a yeah. sports column. You write. You, you write. <laughs> Tell a, me. You've been on no. national TV two dozen times. I, how I, I, how, I, how I, long does it take to get stitches? I've gotten plenty of stitches in my day, and I just don't think it would have taken that long to just stitch you up. And then you would have less of a scar, and it, okay, it would have delayed you another ten minutes. Big freaking deal! Wow, that doctor really wasted a lot of money on medical school. <laughs> no, because Should you should have just so watched Tool Time. Seriously, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with the doctor. I'm disagreeing with your choice. Why? Because what do you care? First of what, all, what? <laughs> because because I care about you. You're my friend, and I want you to make a good decision. <laughs> and, 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 and just 10 minutes more, probably less than that, 
I mean, I've been stitched up quicker than that. How do you know how long it take, took me to get stapled up? I don't even know how long it took me to get stapled up. <laughs> and so how would you say, well, quicker than that? What? No, I didn't say it was quicker. It, it might be a little longer, but it, well worth it. Sounds to me like that doctor just didn't want to take the time to stitch you up. Sounds to me like the stapling is a whole lot easier for him. Boom, 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 boom. All right, let's get out of here. No, no, no. That would be consistent with my experience at the ER. <laughs> I, I, he simply and frankly answered my question, which is going to be quicker. He said staples, and he kind of implied by a lot. I said, what's the downside? He said, oh, your scar might not be as clean. I said, screw it. Staple me up, Doc. Oh, Jake. That's, that's, that's... I had a hot date, brother. I know you didn't have many of those no. in college, but, man, I had a places <laughs> to be. Plus, if he had texted you for Wait your opinion, minute. you would never have answered anyway. Did you just insult my wife? No, he said. As I a said. Kid. I, I said you didn't. I said you didn't you have said many. You had a hot date. I just because you didn't have many of those. <laughs> I didn't say any. I said many. Oh I boy, had plenty. Oh boy, any, many, plenty, <laughs> whatever. I didn't say you didn't have any of those in college. I said many. I had plenty. So, but uh, I'm just saying that it would have been worth your time. Sometimes just five minutes more, and uh, it would have been. Uh, you wouldn't have the scar yet. I now. can't believe Gordon is being critical of a decision that I made 20 years ago. <laughs> you can't? <laughs> 20 years ago. And, and really, the only downside is a tiny little scar might look a little worse 30 years later. I, 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 I didn't, I didn't uh, drink Clorox I, bleach. I, I, I got staples. Made, I think you made the wrong decision. <laughs> That's all. At least you weren't on an e-bike. All right. We'll have the not sports what? report. What? I'm not taking that bait. You know, I'm going to leave that right there. Uh, that's, that's on you, Austin. He says it. All right. We'll have uh, the not sports board next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Everybody, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. I must make amends. I only have one Porsche. my lifetime, no help from my <laughs> friends. So, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes I think, Austin, this needs to be yours and my theme song right there from Dear Janice. Not only does she advocate a free Benz for us, but she also pronounces that correctly. Welcome on back. It's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time for the Not Sports Report brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online at LHMUsedCars.com. That is one thing that Austin and I have in common. Our friend drives a Porsche as well. You noticed that she pronounced it Porsches. She said Porsches. No. Oh, boy. She did. Play it again. She said Porsches. No, she did not. She said Porsches. <laughs> on the town, everybody, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? My friends all drive Porsches. Porsches. Well, say, what's the difference? She says Porsches. She didn't say Porsches. She says Porsches. Porsches. She pronounced it correctly. What are you, what are you grumbling about? Are you, hey, are you Aust- disagreeing Austin, with the great will, Janice Joplin? Will you do me a favor and call Porsche headquarters, and I want to hear the way they pronounce it. It's pronounced Porsche. So we can finally stuff a sock in Jake's <laughs> Is mouth. Is Porsche headquarters going to be in German, though? 
Like, uh, you I don't speak find German. A, you can find probably you can find a North American headquarters, or better yet, says call it's in da- Stuttgart, down, Germany. Call down to the Porsche dealership here in Salt Lake City, like we already did, and he said it's Porsche. It's pronounced Porsche. And if we can't trust Janice, who you can are, we trust? You are you're impossible. She wrote a song with it's in lyric form, Gordon. She said Porsches. She said Porsche is. It doesn't matter. It's still No, because it's pronounced Porsche. The plural would be Porsches. Are you because if you're here if you're hearing this as Porsches, I'm really worried about you. Oh drive Porsches. It doesn't matter whether she gives it the A or gives it the I. It doesn't matter. Well, she's saying the word Porsche, but plural. Porsche. There's, no there's no way you can prove that. I'm, I have ears. What do you mean there's, there's no, no way? There's no way you can prove that. But this is, one, this is one way you can prove it. Dial the number down there to strong Porsche and see what, what they tell you. It's pronounced Porsche. Porsche. All right. Where, uh, where are we going I today? I have one Porsche. Where are we going today, Gordon? <laughs> We're going to Mexico. Do you see this story? This is uh, really kind of sad. I mean, very sad. But um, oh, good. Let's appa- talk appa- about it. <laughs> Apparently, it's a thing on TikTok to film fake kidnappings. I am unaware of this because I don't do the TikTok thing. But a woman that was involved in a uh, in filming a fake uh, kidnapping where she was bound by, she was one of the people involved in the hostage-taking, and she ended up getting shot and, 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 and shot and killed. I, 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 this is extraordinary. Mm. That's my response, because we're doing grunts now. I, mm. I can't, I don't know, I didn't think anyone would have anything dumber than eating Tide Pods. Well, why? Why? Are, why have you heard of of this uh, this fake kidnapping thing? Is that, no, and I'm you, glad we're bringing it to the attention of our younger audience. Well, apparently it's a thing, <laughs> one way or the other. No, she fake, really did die. Fake kidnappings, yes, oh. and she was uh, she was shot and killed. Uh, yeah, apparently a second man uh, he uh, he attacked the pair. And then uh, a third man is then seen waving an automatic weapon at the pair. And then she ended up getting shot and she died. So lay off on the fake kidnappings. Accidents can happen. Let's lighten things up a bit. David Locke's coming up next. Uh, and let's get out to the zone phone right now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. Uh, um Lighten things up for us, Andrew. Let's help. Let's help yeah. people, shall we? Yes. This is all positive news. Uh, even though erectile dysfunction is a big problem, it affects a lot of guys. I think it maybe can hurt or even sometimes destroy relationships. There is hope out there. You don't have to turn to the pill, which only works maybe half the time and causes side effects 80% of the time. The acoustic wave therapy that we use is clinically proven to improve blood circulation essentially we know that erectile dysfunction is blood flow ultimately or the lack of blood flow and think what you could do with 40 or 50 percent more blood flow in this part of the body that is what these treatments do we've seen thousands of guys across the country not just here in utah but across the country come in 
a little embarrassed and definitely frustrated because their love life is not what it should be. And they have found relief with these treatments and they have gotten back to normal and natural function. That's huge. Getting back to normal. Treat the problem, not the the symptom. Yes, we've been treating the symptom with the pill or with injections since the early 90s. Um, And that's, by the way, why you get such bad headaches is the pill, it can improve blood flow temporarily, but the problem is it does it in your entire body. So bloodshot eyes, the headaches, the dizziness, the lowering of the blood pressure to sometimes a dangerous level, that's happening everywhere. Whereas our treatments are targeted in this part of the body, so you get the blood flow going where you want it, when you want it. 801-901-8000 is the number to call, 801-901-8000. And uh, you're taking the risk out of this for our listeners. They might be a little bit embarrassed, but get over it because the time is now. Yes. uh, Sometimes a man thinks that he is less manly if he has erectile dysfunction. I think that it is far less manly to do nothing about the problem and continue to struggle. That's really the weak thing to do, in my opinion. So take the embarrassment out of taking the pill. Call us now. We will do the assessment, the exam, and the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor totally free. Uh, We'll give you a little special gift that produces instant results. You'll really enjoy that. Uh, It's all free to those that call now. Plus, keep in mind that new patients get free testosterone to help with the drive and the energy. So we have effectively basically have every angle of erectile dysfunction covered now. 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. David Locke joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.